guys. You're listening to Mama Knows Podcast with your host, Nina Cavajola, aka Balconina. Join in weekly as she walks alongside you to navigate topics around motherhood, mental health, self-love, and relationships. The good, bad, and funny. I'm seriously so excited for today's episode. I'm talking about Enneagrams, and I'm talking to the one and only Ashton Whitmoyer Ober. She has an Instagram account, Enneagram Ashton, that has over half a million followers, and she posts the most incredible stuff about every single Enneagram. And if you don't know what an Enneagram is, you are in for a treat because you are going to want to know what your Enneagram is after this episode. If you do know what an Enneagram is, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a two, which is the helper, aka I care so deeply about everyone and everyone's feelings. And with that comes caring about what everyone's Enneagram is because I want to serve people better. (laughs) A few years ago, I took an online quiz that told me that my Enneagram was a two and I was so intrigued. I read more information on it. I followed a bunch of Instagram accounts on it. And then I made all of my friends and even my husband, Tom, take the test. And I feel like because knowing what their anagram is now, our relationships are just so much better. I know what they're motivated by. I know what they struggle with. And I know how I can help or get in the way. So with that said, I'm so excited to introduce you to Ashton. Ashton, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited. This is like one of my favorite topics ever. And oh, yay. <laughs> I I want to know more about you and how the heck did you get into Anagram and what, what do you do for work? Yeah. So how much time do you have? <laughs> no, but seriously. So I am a uh, community psychologist by trade. So I have my master's degree in psychology. I've always worked in the helper field, which makes sense once we start talking about the types, but I've always worked with, um, survivors of domestic and sexual violence. And I pivoted what I was doing when I discovered the Enneagram and created my Instagram account and really just wanted to embrace everything that the Enneagram has in regards to being able to help other people become the best version of themselves. And so that's ultimately what led me to want to do that. I love that you have that psychology background. I think that's so important. And how, how the heck did you even get into Enneagram? Was that part of your study? Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. And also please tell us what the heck is Enneagram even because I'm sure many people might not even know. Yeah. So I first heard about it over the course of studying uh, psychology. Obviously with psychology, we were introduced to a lot of different personality typing systems. And that's really what the Enneagram is about. It's a personality typing system that's full of nine different types. So nine different really ways of viewing the world or lenses that people view the world. But what is different from the Enneagram than other personality typing systems is that, you know, things like Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders or the DISC assessment do a really great job of telling you like who you are, 
your behaviors, you know, things that you like to do, like maybe you're an extroverted or, or you're an extrovert or an introvert, but the Enneagram explains the why, the how, and the motivations behind why you're doing things. And so instead of just, oh, this is who I am and I can go on with my day, it's, oh, if I know why I'm doing things a certain way, then I might be able to change some of those behaviors that I don't really love about myself. Yes, And it's been around that. for like thousands of years. So obviously it's very popular today because of social media and the internet and, you know, having like all of that, all of those resources and knowledge at, at the tips of our fingers, but it really has been around for thousands of years. People just didn't really know about it. Yeah. And honestly, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but for me, it's mind blowing how much knowing my Enneagram, knowing my husband, my best friend, knowing the Enneagrams has helped our relationship so much because yes, I'm a two and you're a two as well. Yes. <laughs> so I'm the helper and I want to know everyone's Enneagram and make everyone feel loved and happy. So it's important for me to know how I can do that by feeding their personality needs. So yes. um, I, I can't wait to hear about Everything you have to say about the anagram, anagram. Is it anagram or anagram? It's anagram. Anagram. Okay. Anagram. Yeah. So when you when I typed it into Google recently just to kind of get more of an idea, and it said it was a personality. It used to be called a personality test, but like you said, it's so much more now. Yeah. It's so it's so much more complex than just taking a test. And and really that's my thought on tests in general, is they're often a great place to start. But there's so much more that goes into your type than what you can truly answer on a test. And oftentimes when we take tests like that, we answer questions in ways that we want other people to perceive us. Even if we swear up and down that we're not doing that, we're humans. And so we typically are. And then, you know, sometimes we want to be able to answer sometimes, or I don't know, or neither of these options. And you can't do that on a test. And so great place to start, but it really is up to you to do the research to see which type resonates with you. So that was one of my questions. How can people figure out what, like, what's a credible test? Cause if you put in Google, there's so many tests. Yeah. And there's a, a <laughs> an array of uh, tests to choose from. So I always say that I like the Ready, which is the R-H-E-T-I. It's the Riso Hudson Enneagram Typing um, Indicator. And it was developed by the folks who run the Enneagram Institute. They're kind of, I've always referred to them as like the grandfathers of the Enneagram. And so they have a $12 test that I like to recommend to people because it typically gives you um, your the types in score a score format. And so it's not saying like, this is your type. And then you trust that knowledge and you move forward with it. It's saying, these are the likelihoods of like possibilities of your type. And then it's on you to really research your top, you know, three or four numbers and see which one fits with you. Yeah. And I love that you on your Instagram page, you have so many free resources, like every single day about the different types. So I feel like even taking a test like that and then coming to your page, it really helps me solidify. Like I am a two, like I'm yeah. these things. And that's the thing about the Enneagram is you don't want to just, you know, be like, okay, 
this is my type. I'm going to like do nothing with this knowledge, right? The point of it is to be able to learn more about it. Maybe go visit some social media pages, hear, you know, the, the different things that might relate to you about your type and learn about other people. Like you said, learn about other people's types and, you know, how you can effectively communicate with them or, or, you know, what their biggest motivations are. Yes. I love that. And just, just to kind of speak to that, my best friend is a nine and her and I talk about Enneagrams all the time because I'm a two. And when I'm, I go to an eight when I'm really in a negative spot Mm -hmm. and I don't like myself at an eight um, when I'm in a negative spot and her and I, we've had multiple falling outs because of that. Cause she's a nine. She's like, I don't want to be in any conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. ever since we found out about any, her Enneagram number and mine, we are just, we're doing great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that's like, when people ask me, what's your favorite thing about the Enneagram? And it really is seeing like the impact that it has on relationships and friendships and partnerships and family, like all of these different things, because when you understand those pieces about each other, it, you know, helps when you're confused why they might behave a certain way or like, why did that person respond in that way? Mm -hmm. And it kind of puts words to how people are feeling and, and their way of viewing the world. Yeah. So let's say somebody takes this test and now they have an idea of what anagram they are. What do they do with that information and how can they use that information to be better? Yeah. So your Enneagram is made up of your um, biggest motivations, which are your biggest fears and your biggest desires. So what you want most in life. So for example, for a two, you know, your biggest fear is being unloved or unwanted or not needed. And then your biggest desire is to be loved, wanted, needed, and then mostly appreciated. Right. And so once you understand like, yeah, this is why I do these things. These are my motivations. Then you can learn to identify and really like sit in that self-awareness of, okay, I'm feeling this way right now because I don't feel wanted or loved. And how can we shift our behaviors to align with the best version of ourselves? And that's really what. where you see the most impact then, right? So for example, um, even though, so I'm a two, and even though, you know, I talk about this all the time, obviously there are still things that I have to work on because we're not just going to, you know, change overnight. It is a process. Um, My best friend is, is, unfortunately has cancer right now and is going through chemo. And I typically go and sit with her when she's having her treatment. And yesterday she had sent me a text and was like, Hey, um, I'm almost finished here. So I don't think I need you to come. And I was like, what? You don't need me to come. Right. And so, but having the knowledge of the Enneagram, I was able to kind of pause in that moment and think, 
you know, she needs me in other ways. It's okay that she doesn't need me right now, you know, and I'm not going to attach my worth or my value as a person to whether or not she needs me in this moment. And so that's what the knowledge of the Enneagram can do is to bring you to that place of self-awareness where you're able to pause and evaluate your behaviors based on your motivations. Yeah. I love that. And can you tell us a little bit more about all, like, I'm assuming, you know, all the names of all the mm-hmm. anagrams just to give the people an idea of what, what types there are and what motivates them. Yeah. So I will go through all nine types and their motivation. So the one is the reformer. Their biggest desire is to be seen as a good person, to be moral, ethical, and to be right. And then their biggest fear is being wrong, being unethical, being seen as a bad person, all of those things. The two we talked about already, but I'll remind everybody. So the two is the helper. Their biggest desire is to be loved and wanted. They want to be needed by others. And then their biggest fear is that they'll be unloved, unwanted, or unappreciated. Threes, they're the achiever. Their biggest desire is to succeed, but they also want to be seen as uh, competent, capable, and successful. Their biggest fear is typically failure. And then they also fear, of course, not being competent or capable of doing something. Fours are the individualist. Their biggest desire is to be unique, to create significance, to be special. But then their biggest fear is that they'll be defective. So they want to be different, but they don't want something to be wrong with them. They don't want to be defective. The five is the investigator. Their biggest desire is to gain knowledge, to appear as knowledgeable, and then to also um, be competent as well. And then their biggest fear is um, ignorance or that they'll you know, not know something or that they won't be capable of, of doing something or finding out the answer. Six is are the loyalist. Their biggest fear, I always start with fear for the sixes because they do fear fear, but they also fear being without guidance and security, whereas their biggest desire is to have that support, guidance, and security from the people around them, their environment, things like that. The seven is the enthusiast. Their biggest desire is to you know, maintain positivity, to have fun, but ultimately they're seeking contentment. So they're looking for things that will fulfill them in that way. And then their biggest fear, they do a FOMO, but they, uh, that fear of missing out, but they also have this fear of being trapped in emotional pain or negativity. Enneagram eights are the challenger. Their biggest desire is to protect themselves and others. And then their biggest fear is that they will be seen as weak, powerless, or controlled in some way. And then the Enneagram nine is the peacemaker. Their biggest desire is to maintain a peaceful environment and to get along with others. But then their biggest fear is often conflict or being separated from people. I love that. Thank you for listing. You just like did that like, whoa. (laughs) I have a lot of practice. I wish people could see you. You're just like, I got this. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so I really want to know more about anagram wings and like which anagrams um kind of like I mentioned earlier, when I'm in my neg- negative space, I go to an eight. I don't know. Yeah. I think that has a name, right? It has a it's name. your stress line. Yeah, yeah, your stress line, your growth line. So you know, you have your main Enneagram type. So for you, for example, that's the two. And then you have wings, which are the numbers on either side of your main type. A common misconception is that it's just your second highest score if you take a test. And it could be as long as it's on either side of your main type. So people come to me and they're like, oh, I'm a nine wing two. And I'm like, that's not possible because (laughs) it has to be on either side. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me, but it's okay. (laughs) Um, So you have your wings and people typically do have a wing that is stronger than the other. I think you said you're a three wing, right? So am I. So my three wing is very strong. It doesn't mean that I don't access my one wing. It just means that it's not as developed as my three wing. So part of the growth is being able to pull from each side, the type on each side. And then you have your number that you go to when you're in stress and your number that you go to when you're in growth or in a really good spot. So for twos, that does look like taking on the unhealthy characteristics of an eight. And then in growth for twos, it looks like being a healthy version of a four. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I never knew that actually. And th- that makes sense because I am super artsy and creative yeah. and like, you know, I hear, here we are. On yeah. podcast. And um, I do tell people like, think about, you know, the best version of yourself. Like, what does that look like? And oftentimes that will align with your growth number. Yeah. Um, my husband is a one and I struggle so much with his need for perfection and like mm-hmm. order. And, but then I also feel guilty that I struggle with that. And like you said earlier, I'm a two wing three, but how do I become a two wing one? Because I want to be more yeah, organized. So do I, I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> and it's, it's honestly, I mean, part of it is recognizing the qualities that you don't naturally have. Right. So same, like I would love to be more organized, So, um, you know, part of what I've been doing here in 2022 is working on that as a goal, you know? And so then that kind of naturally is because it's, we have that ability, like the numbers on either side of our type are there for a reason. We have that ability. It just is not as practiced as, you know, being like the go-getter, the achiever, motivated and things like that, you know? Yeah. Um, Do you find that there are more common enneagrams versus less common enneagrams? People will, or I should say women in general will test as twos more than any other type just because society teaches us that we need to be helpful and caregivers and take care of other people, you know, like that, that's just how we are. And so people will type as a two, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a two. So, um, you know, it's this thing called mistyping where maybe they test as a two, but when they really sit and think about their motivations for doing things, it might line up uh, with a different type. So just something to be aware of. But other than that, there aren't really types that 
statistically, like there are more of this fours would like to think that, that they're the most unique type. And I think that might be listed somewhere. Um, but that's also just cause they want to be unique, you know? So <laughs> it's like, are they just saying that? Or is that actually true? I, one time, I don't remember who said it or where I read it, but one time I read that like the ideal Enneagram is nine. Is that, is that just BS or? So people love to like, imagine themselves as nines because nines are really peaceful and generous and empathetic and like they don't really let things bother them you know they kind of it is what it is mentality and so I think people like value those characteristics and and you know want to see themselves be that way at times but it really is you know there are really great things about all of the Enneagram types Thank you for saying that because as a two, yeah. I'm like, why can't I be a nine? Yeah, I know. <laughs> People always ask me, what type would you be if you could choose? And I, I feel like when I first started doing this, I would say a nine because they just sound so lovely. And if I couldn't like worry about what people think about me all the time, then maybe that would be great. Um, but there are things that I wish I had in me from all of the types, you know? So Yeah. I can see that for sure. Um, you're a mom, right? I am. And yeah. I would love to hear your take on how Enneagram affects you in motherhood and your relationship with your child. Yeah. So she's 14 months. She's sleeping right now. I have the monitor right here. Um, and so obviously, you know, relationally, it's very surface level between my daughter and me because I, you know, provide her basic needs. But it was very hard for me when she was first born with like the identity piece of who am I, what am I doing? You know, like I, if I was finding my sense of identity in people loving me, right? Like twos often do. And a baby can't really show that they love you, you know? So that was kind of a a heart check for me of recognizing that I need to be secure in who I am aside from all of these different things. So it's been a, um, a journey so far and she's not even that old. So I'm excited to see what else changes. Yeah, I can I can relate uh being a two. I love that we're the same. We're two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um I can relate because my son, he's going to be four around when I got pregnant with my second baby, he started to naturally gravitate towards dad and up until mm. then he we were besties, like mom only. And he stopped wanting me to put him to bed. It was only dad. And I had a really hard time with that because I wanted to be I want to be needed. Like I want to be the one that people need. And so that was really hard for me. But I also, because I know my Enneagram and because I know my personality, I know that that's how I was feeling because I was getting into a negative space. Right. Yeah. Um, So just to add to how important Enneagram is in my life, just balancing my relationships and realizing like, it's not always personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And yeah, that, I mean, exactly what you just said is, is not just that too, but the art of asking for help, right. Which is often what twos struggle with, with asking for help with, you know, having people chip in. That was really difficult for me when I was um, a new mom 
and trying to like navigate those waters. Cause I felt like I didn't really know what I needed. And we see that, or we hear that so often with twos is, is they have a hard time really knowing what they need because they want to fulfill everybody else's needs, you know? Yep. Do you feel like there is a correlation between being a two and fulfilling, wanting to fulfill others' needs and anxiety and postpartum anxiety? I mean, I know there's probably play in it, but I feel like as a two, I often have high anxiety because Mm -hmm. I'm worried about others. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that like there's a correlation between twos having anxiety. It's typically, in my experience, what they have anxiety about. So other types, you know, might have anxiety about something totally different. It looks like for twos, a lot of what they worry about is people, relationships, how people are viewing them, what people think about them, things like that. Whereas uh, my husband's a six, he worries about like safety and security, you know, and not so much like the relational things. Isn't that funny? Like, my husband worries about being on time to everything. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, what about my feelings? Yeah. Totally different. Right. Like, yeah. it's so interesting. And it, ah, uh, um, tell me about your husband and your relationship and how you feel the anagram can in a marriage or a partnership. Um, and how can people kind of work through that together? They've never done anagram. It has been so impactful really in all of my relationships, but just the simple fact that I know his motivations at times, you know? So like, for example, the six is always prepared and really needs to be prepared because of needing to feel safe and secure. And so if I dump things on him last minute, I know it's not going to go over well. So why do I continue to do it? Unsure, right? So if we're like going to a friend's house or something, I need to make sure he has a couple of days to process, like this is what we're doing. So just simply being able to like have that knowledge, it's almost like a, a little bit more of an intimate connection because you really know their inner workings and what motivates them to do things a certain way and you know what's going to make them happy and things like that. So it has definitely strengthened my relationship with my husband and it has totally changed my relationship with my sister. And I talk about her often on my Instagram because she's an eight and eights and twos can be like totally different at times. And so for my entire life, I really thought she was just yelling at me all the time and was just mad at me all the time. And it wasn't until I learned about, you know, learned the language of the Enneagram and learned about eights and learned about twos that I realized that she's just passionate and has a different way of communicating than me. And, you know, it's a simple uh, fact, if you think about it, right? Like we obviously are all not going to communicate in the same way, but the fact that I didn't really understand that until I learned about her as an Enneagram eight, it's just changed the whole like structure of our, for our, our friendship and our relationship as, as sisters. And she understands, you know, that I'm just a big ball of feelings and be a little sensitive. <laughs> I love that. I love that she, that you guys have figured out your relationship in that way. But what about if you have somebody that says to you, I want to do better in my relationship, but my husband is not interested at all in this. He doesn't care. He doesn't believe it. Like, do you just recommend that you work on yourself and the rest? Yeah. And that's, and that's 
kind of what sucks, right? Is like, you can only focus on you and you can only control your actions, your behaviors and things like that. And just hope that they follow suit. Um, We really can't like type other people because at the end of the day, we don't know their motivations for doing something. So we might see outward behaviors. Like to a lot of people, I look like a three. A lot of people would assume I'm a three, but not knowing that my motivations align with a two. So we can't automatically assume that somebody else is a specific type. And so really just encouraging them, like, this is something I'm interested in. I'd love to tell you more about it. I'd love to have a conversation with you and and see where that takes you. Okay. So I want to know if you think that certain anagrams pair well with others in friendships and then also relationships. So this is probably one of the most common questions I get asked in my DMs is about, you know, I'm an Enneagram two and my partner's an Enneagram seven. Are we going to make it? (laughs) It just cracks me up because, you know, there are multiple reasons why relationships don't work out. And I don't really think that your Enneagram type has anything to do with it. There are you know, some type combinations that might have different strengths than others, but there aren't any type combinations that are bad for each other. You know what I mean? Because we all have different levels of health. So let's say that I think that twos and sevens go really well together. What if there's a really, really unhealthy two? Like that's going to completely derail the health of that relationship. So what's most important is the health of the individuals in the relationship instead of what is each type. And obviously there are some strengths and some areas for growth among different type combinations, but there aren't any combinations that are better than the others that are combinations to look out for or to, you know, keep your fingers crossed and hope it works out. Um, Everybody has, has an opportunity as long as you become the best version of yourself. And what is your tip on how to become a better version of your Enneagram? Like where, where should people look? What should they do? Yeah. So the first thing is to have that self-awareness, right? To be aware of when you're moving into that stress line and why, right? To get to the root of like, what is setting you off to push you into that spot? And then kind of working backwards, working to to get to the root of that and how can you stop that before it even starts. But other than that, checking out, you know, resources and books and learning about the different levels of health and how healthy you are and where you want to go. What are these, what are the qualities that you have nurtured about your Enneagram type and what are the ones that, you know, you're not really that great at and start there and then, you know, see where that information takes you, but it is a process and it is a lot of work. And so I don't want people to feel discouraged or overwhelmed or all of those things because everybody is at a different place. Yeah. And I feel like it's a lot of internal Mm -hmm. self-work. If somebody needs help doing that, who, who would they talk to? Like, would, you know, a coach, a psychiatrist, a uh, counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of different Enneagram coaches that are out there today. There are some counselors 
some licensed counselors who use the Enneagram in their practices. So um, that, you know, is, is going to be like the quickest path to figuring out what to do next. If, you know, you're stuck after doing all kinds of research and you want to learn more, but you don't know where to go next. Awesome. And so I really want to hear about, you have two books. Yeah. And you have your half a million on Instagram. Over yeah. Half a million. Um, I want to hear about all the verses you have and all the things that you can give us uh, for Enneagram. Yeah. So I have two books. One is called The Enneagram for Relationships. So that one is specific for relationships. That one came out in March, 2020. It was like two weeks after the world shut down. It was crazy. Um, and then I have another one, a new one that just came out in January, 2022 called the Enneagram made simple. And it really is a no nonsense guide to all the different Enneagram types. It contains some mantras and some exercises for each of the types. And it's just a really great starting place for you to learn, not just about your type, but to learn about everybody else in your um, immediate circle as well. I love that. I will be purchasing that 100%. Thank you. <laughs> and the other one is about is about relationships. It covers relationships with your coworkers, with your family, uh, with friends, and then with romantic partners. And did you say one of them was a journal? So I actually have a journal too that is not Enneagram specific. It's a relationship journal. So it's a three-year journal to see how your answers to the questions differ over three years. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have your resources on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And where else can people find you and how else can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So I have my Instagram is Enneagram Ashton. You can find me at EnneagramAshton.com. I help, I do help people figure out their type. And so if people are struggling to figure out their type, um, that is a service that I offer. And then if people are wanting to uh, go deeper, I can definitely help them or refer them out to. That's awesome. I will be putting all of that information down in the notes too. So it'll be easy clicks for people. Um, Ashton, is there anything else that you wanted to add about Enneagrams? Anything else that you, we must know? I just, you know, always encourage people to take it one day at a time to, you know, relieve yourself of some of the pressure to figure out your type, give yourself some grace. It's a lot of information and, you know, you are perfect just the way that you are. Ashton is so generous to offer us a discount code on her services. So I'll be sure to put that down in the notes if you're interested. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review, subscribe, and don't forget to check out Mama Knows Podcast and Balkanina on Instagram. Thank you for listening and let's chat soon.